You're listening to a podcast from Oasis Church Bath. To find out more about us, visit our website at www.oasisbath.org. Good morning to everyone here and to those online. If you don't know me, I'm Jess and I've been part of this church with my two children for 15 years. I'm in the sixth and final year of my MA in psychotherapy and I'm going to follow on from my talk last week about recovery. Reimagining as recovery. What a beautiful title. When Jo asked me to speak last week, she was going to talk on this title and I was a bit envious at the time. This is the one I would have chosen. So I'm really sorry not to have heard what Jo would have said and I'm a bit glad to have my own stab at it. And I'm a bit intimidated that Jo's actually here as well. <laughs> Imagine. Relating to an image, reimagine, to imagine again, and recovery, to return to a normal state of health and mind, or to return to consciousness. 45,000 people, as we speak, are running the marathon, often for charity or in the memory of a loved one. 90,000 people will fill Wembley Stadium this afternoon. I only know that because two of them are in my family. Particularly for those running, I imagine that reimagining has been very much part of their recovery, that it drove them to achieve more than they ever hoped they could. Just getting a place, being part of the start, is already a dream come true for them. For those supporting the team they love at Wembley, their hope for a win is a way of reimagining. How do we imagine? I'm going to invite you to do a short exercise with me to find out. This is usually far longer, but I've condensed it into something that I hope is workable as a larger group. You'll find a paper and pen on or under your chair, and if you're listening at home, do just grab a pen and paper. So, I would like you to take a moment and to settle into a more contemplative state. Just settle your mind and try and quiet it. And then try to think of a book or fairy tale that was important to you, preferably as a child, and the younger you were, the better. If it can't be a book, it could be a film or TV programme. It might not be the first book that comes to mind, so sit with it and write down the title when you're ready. Next. Write down the main quest of the, the main characters in the book and who was the hero or heroine. If you were a bit stuck and you can't think of one, if you write down the questions, you could do this later at home maybe. And then next, write down the main quest of the book. What had to be achieved and by who? And then finally, did anyone help the hero or heroine? And was the quest accomplished? The story that you've recovered from your memory today is very likely to represent your life script in a way. You remembered and related to it because it perhaps replicated something in your life at that time. The main character, the hero or heroine, was likely to be who represents you. The other main characters represent the significant others in your life, those who you were closest to or had a strong influence on you, positively or negatively. And the quest might well be one of your ongoing themes through life. 
Did anyone help? Do you allow help or do you fight your battles alone? And was the quest accomplished? I wonder if we could just turn to someone and talk about this with each other for a few minutes, being careful to only share what feels safe. Does this little exercise reveal anything to you about your own life? So just take a few minutes with the person next to you. Okay, if we just... Sounds really interesting. <laughs> um, I wonder if anyone would like to share um, what their story was and if it was relevant. I think Rob's going to come around with a microphone. <laughs> yeah, if anyone feels comfortable just to share what they were thinking. My daughter stands up to the task. <laughs> Okay, um, I chose Alice in Wonderland. Um, the main characters are Alice, the Mad Hatter, Absinom, the Queen of Hearts, and the White Queen mainly. So the quest was for Alice to slay the Jabberwocky, which is sort of like the Queen of Hearts, like favorite evil dragon almost, which was accomplished. And um, I think she was helped by a lot of people, and the main ones were kind of Absinom the White Queen and the Queen of Hearts, but her subjects, because they turned against her eventually and decided that they didn't like what she was doing. Um, and I think this kind of relates to me in a way of finding a way to balance different family dynamics and having help from all different types of people, the wise person, the calm person, the slightly changed people. Um, but yeah, that's all I got out of it. Would anyone else like to share that? Oh, Sam. Um, so I chose the very hungry caterpillar. <laughs> you said early childhood. <laughs> and the main character is a caterpillar. Um, someone presumably leaves the food lying around, you know, the sausage and cake and all that. And I guess I'll leave it to others to tell me if I've turned into a beautiful butterfly or not. <laughs> Always beautiful. Anyone else? No. It's quite a lot to think about, so it's good to take it home and think some more about it. Yes. Oh, sorry. Again. Oh, Paul. Paul's being handed the microphone. <laughs> Thank you. That does not feel voluntary. <laughs> Um, yeah, so mine was Charlie the Chocolate Factory, and I remember where I was reading it and, and the time, a bit older than the Hungry Caterpillar, I guess. Um, so main character, Charlie Bucket. Um, quest is to win the golden ticket and then go to the factory and pass the tests. And um, Grandpa Joe helping. Uh, yeah, so, so that, that was me, and we both had things which had tests in them. So Gaina can tell you about hers. Okay. So mine was the princess and the pea, and she arrives bedraggled at the, at the castle. Nobody believes she's a real princess, so she has to pass the tests. And um, no one helped her, but she did pass. And I think both Paul and I were actually amazed at the similarity between our stories 
like we both kind of had the same thing of having to prove ourselves to the people who were above us or the institution and coming from a very poor start where kind of nobody really kind of believed in us um uh yeah so that was a really interesting experience for us to do that and to say yeah that is my life story thanks you too <laughs> okay so our life scripts what story we were born into how we unconsciously imagine our lives to be I said last week that we are all the authors of our own lives, and yet to be really able to take authorship, we have to understand whose stories that we are currently living out. We have to be free to start a new chapter without simply continuing with an old plotline. We have to understand with compassion, not judgment, what has constrained us, and we have to choose whether, with an awareness of that, it serves us to go on with someone else's plotline. When Jesus asked the disciples to follow him, he was essentially giving them all a new script. They left their family, familiar ways of being, and followed. Who were these men? In a list of outstanding characteristics in the Life Application Study Bible, these are some of the qualities that are named. Impulsive, ambitious, judgmental, short-tempered, despised, outcast, treacherous, and greedy. Twelve men, by no means paragons of virtues, living their family's life scripts, but given a new one by Jesus. We do not have to live in the story of our inherited scripts. Not only do we not have to, but we are called not to. We are called to follow Jesus. Do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world or our inherited scripts but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. We are given the chance to leave behind old ways of being and living. I think sometimes we are so entrenched in our scripts we do not have the chance to see them clearly. So what does reimagining look like? When we are aware of how we have imagined, perhaps that in itself would give us permission to be open to new ways of imagining. Remembering that imagine means relating to an image. This is an image that Rob showed. Not that one. <laughs> Not that one. Thanks, Sam. <laughs> that one. This is an image that Rob showed in my very early days at this church. I still have not quite got to why it moved me so much, but it still does. At the time, I had two very small children, and I can't really remember much of what Rob had said in that service, as I was distracted with children, not because it wasn't so wise. But the image stuck with me. Reimagining means being open to noticing what is all around us, what affects us and moves us. The research method that chose me for my dissertation out of many was an imaginal method. Ramanishan, who is the author of this method, describes it. The imagined approach to research is about the recollection of what has been forgotten, left behind, neglected, marginalized, and unfinished. And for this reason, it has a place in the city of the soul. In addition, the gesture of this imaginal research is the backward glance. It is the gesture or style of working that returns one to what still calls out to be done 
and remembers what has been forgotten for the sake of a new beginning. Returns one to what still calls out to be done and remembers what has been forgotten for the sake of a new beginning. Claire spoke a few months ago on nothing being wasted with God. It was beautiful. I think that reimagining can mean remembering. Claire was speaking about her degree in Russian and how she had pretty much forgotten it until the Ukrainian war meant that right here in Bath, as part of her job, the need for a Russian speaker was suddenly desperately needed. It's a lovely live example in our very own community of how a new beginning is possible through something that has been forgotten. The line that determined my research question, written by an anthropologist, Ruth Behan, who I only knew about because of other taps in other books, was, what, as she blithely goes about her research, is the question she is unwilling to answer. I actually laughed because I literally was going blithely about my research, almost deliberately ignoring the actual question. It did not so much as tap me on the shoulder, but sledgehammer me. I felt its impact and could not ignore it. And I returned reluctantly to the question my therapist asked me often and I have been unwilling to answer. What has been the impact on me of being adopted? This has led to my dissertation title and in a way I have hit the jackpot by returning to what I had not remembered. I had about 10 possible research ideas in the years before this, all of which were, I thought, far more interesting. As it happens, the very specific title that I am writing has not been written about by any theorist. I did not know that when I grudgingly accepted that this was my title. None of the far more interesting ones I had, I had imagined. But it does seem that remembering leads to reimagining, and my dissertation will be a new beginning, perhaps one that others refer to. Nothing is wasted. Noticing what taps us on the shoulder is an invitation to reimagine. Of course, we notice images around us all the time, but which ones tap us is more than seeing. It's a feeling too. For me, it's usually a winded feeling, sometimes a lurch in my stomach. And especially with music, my skin goes to goosebumps. Our bodies sometimes tell us more clearly than our overloaded brains. Reimagining being, means being able to leave behind our old images if they are not useful, when we are able to, and to be open to new ones, to be curious and not defensive. Reimagining is opening up any possibility in the future to train for a marathon or to win at Wembley. It's daring to dream intentionally, listening to what is specific for us. I'm fairly confident that I will never run the marathon, and I'm not really bothered who wins at Wembley. Sorry about that. I'm simply following my taps, and they lead me inwards to my clients, my practice, my research, and they lead me outwards, being brave enough to take risks, run my own marathon by preparing and talking here this morning. So I would like you to be more observant of what taps you on the shoulder while you blithely go about your day-to-day -day life. And I would invite you to think again about the story you remembered at the start of the talk and notice what you need to from it. And we've got a few minutes, so I wonder if Sam could just play some music and you could go back to that story and either write a different version of it or write a different ending to it, because it's your story now. 
and after the music, I think Rob will come up and... Let's just take a few moments to pray. Father, we ask that you would speak into our lives uh, this morning and perhaps in the days to come as well as we reflect on the stories and the scripts that have shaped us. Maybe we've not been able to think of a story this morning, but perhaps a script, perhaps a word, something that's been said to us at a formative time in our lives has stuck with us and shaped the way that we are. Help us to have the understanding, the insight to, to see and, and to know what those, what those stories, what those words are. And help us to see how we might reimagine things, how we might tell a different story. Help us to be aware of those times when uh, things tap us on the shoulder, things that we've forgotten about come back to us perhaps. Help us to process that. Help us to know how to reflect on those things. Help us to be attentive. Help us not to bury the questions that keep resurfacing. And Lord, we thank you that as we do all these things, that we do so uh, knowing that we are loved by you, knowing that uh, none of this puts us in a, uh, in, a, in a difficult place in terms of our relationship with you. We thank you for that image which just captures something of your love for us as the Father welcomed the prodigal home in all the mess and the muck and the shame and the disappointment and we thank you that that's always the picture of your embrace for us so help us to feel safe and secure in, in exploring these things help us to find good people that can be alongside us as we do this as well help us to find those people that we can trust if we need others to support us. So yeah, we thank you that we've had this opportunity just to reflect for a few moments this morning and we do pray that as we go from here into a week ahead, which may well be very busy for us, that we won't lose what's been said, we won't lose the important things from this morning. And as we reflect on our, ourselves, on our own lives, on the nature of our lives at this time, we pray too for those that uh, we're concerned for, just in the, in the quiet now, we just lift before you those people who are on our hearts, maybe family members or neighbours or friends, work colleagues, just hold them before you now. And as we reflect on the wider world in which we live, we just, maybe uh, a news story, something that we've read, or seen this week, comes to mind. We offer that to you as well, Lord, this morning. And so, Father, we thank you again that you are in the business of restoration and healing and wholeness. And we ask that you'd help each of us just to... Uh, experience more of that in our own lives so that we can be a blessing to others and that we can be 
channels of your grace and love and hope to those around us. So we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. You're listening to a podcast from Oasis Church Bath. To find out more about us, visit our website at www.oasisbath.org.